Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, how are you? Welcome to episode 99 of the Property Magicians Podcast. If you have just joined us, my name is Vangile Magwagwa. I am your host for the show. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. You can find me under Vangile Magwagwa on Twitter and Instagram and under Wealthy Money on Facebook. With me is my incredible co-host. <laughs> hey there, my incredible co-host, Vangile. I am Dr. Miranda underscore prop doc mom on all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, and my Facebook page is prop doc mom. Find me there. I am a property mentor for beginners and I'm the co-host of this of this podcast. I help you come from your fear and anxiety of investing in property to actually getting into the real estate business, registering a company and buying your first property, hopefully, or getting involved in property investment in one way or the other. I I teach the strategies to beginners that fit with your lifestyle. We have an incredible We have an incredible show for you today. An amazing, amazing alternative to property investing. I I hope you all enjoy it as much as we did. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is so incredible, guys. So our guest today is Cindy Dibete. (laughs) How do I pronounce it? I'm pretty sure. Dibete. Yeah. Yeah. Cindy Dibete. And she is here to talk about one of our favorite topics really which is some of the mistakes that we make when we invest in property because i think that a lot of these property mentors that we all have on the on the podcast that you guys hear from everyone has got a story to tell right we've all made mistakes we've all learned along the uh, along the way and we're learning with them as well so this is also an incredible podcast where she shares how she bought six different properties and how then she realized that property was not her thing. And I think that is absolutely incredible. Isn't it? Isn't it, Ben? And I really love, I mean, she shares various aspects from rogue tenant mm. to investing as a couple and to mm. finding herself widowed and having to continue with the property journey. Guys, you are in for a treat and the realities of property investing. And this is what this podcast is about. Not everything is for everybody. Guys, you are not you are not jollof rice. <laughs> so property investing. <laughs> oh, someone once said to me, you're not avocado. You can't please everyone. <laughs> And avocado doesn't please everyone, but I heard it from Ghanaians. They're like, oh, no, I'm not for everyone. I'm not jollof rice. I really like that. <laughs> so, guys, without further ado, here is Cindy. Hey, Cindy, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. 
Hey, Cindy. I am so excited to have you. She's another one, Van. It took her a year to come to get to the podcast. A whole year to get to the podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had no clue. I only remember that we've been trying to get her to the podcast for a few weeks. Not no. a year. Oh, my God. You oh have no gosh. idea. <laughs> She yeah, wanted a, she wanted a trial run of the podcast and you can run me through and yeah, so we're here now. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Shame, Cindy. You are so funny. Welcome. We don't do trial runs with any of our guests, unfortunately. We just throw everyone straight into the fire. <laughs> yeah. Let's, see. Let's see how this goes. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. So, Cindy, tell us who you are and what do you do? So I am a um, lady, 45. I am a mom. I'm an empty nester. I think that's the favorite part of my life. Already? (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I'm an empty nester with my second one um, doing grade 11. So heading there as well. Um, by profession, I am an accountant, but by practice, I'm a governance advisor. So I've got a boutique consultancy, which I call COSEC 8, that's C-O-S-E-C with the number 8, COSEC 8, where I do board advisory, I do board trainings, and I do, you know, uh, board teams, as it were. So I create mm-hmm. board communities and yeah, run that. That's what I do on my day-to-day, but generally, I'm just a general girl down the street, as it were, your girl next door <laughs> type of a person, and that's me, that's me. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> look at that now. I get to meet you, and I've met you in different circumstances so uh, it's it's very interesting when you meet. We met at Naledi Farm. Naledi Farm has been on our podcast. And look yeah. at that. I could have had you as a guest for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> it happens when it, ha- when it needs to happen. When so it needs to happen. True. I believe yeah. so. I believe okay. so. So, Cindy, this is very interesting. Now you are on a property podcast, you know, an accountant who does board advisories and he's on a property podcast. So you're going to have to tell us when and why did you buy your first property? Were you even thinking real estate at the time or were you buying a roof over your head? Nice, ne? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have never consciously resolved to get into property as a business. Okay. I have never had that thought. I've never had that idea. Yeah. Um, I had a husband though. <laughs> I'm a widow now. But I had one. Yeah. And um, we had resolved that we, we're not going to rent at all. So when we uh, were about to get married, we decided to go find a property. And the idea was to buy and never sell. So he was more inclined that way. Okay. I was more about let's just get the family together. So I, I'm a I'm a I'm a community person. As in, all right, I'm about <laughs> let's be happy. I actually say my religion is happiness. So let's be happy, awesome. and uh, let's be comfortable, and uh, let's do what it takes to be in a space where we can raise children and be comfortable and be happy and what it is. So okay. we bought our first property just I think about a couple of months before we got married, 
And it was a very, very interesting story because it was a random Sunday afternoon as we were planning our wedding. And we thought, oh, where are we going to stay? And we went and found a home finder. The same day, went and viewed the property. The Monday thereafter, signed for it. And by Wednesday, it was bought. You so, didn't take out three, four, five, six, no. seven. So, so that, that just gives you an idea to the kind of person that I am. It's kind of very much gut-driven. <laughs> and when I was younger, my gut was on serious fire. So I was, I was blessed to have this partner who would, you know, balance me off, which was great. Yeah. So we, we bought our first one like that. I mean, I've had properties that I bought because we did not like uh, the bacon that they served us at the Airbnb. So we woke up and bought a property because we got to make our own bacon. Hi, so it's like <laughs> Wait, what's this the second property? So the second property, so the, the first property was obviously our home, our first townhouse. And then unfortunately, when we moved to our second property, we were, we did not have enough liquidity and cash and yeah. asset to be able to carry the first one while we buy the second one. And oh, okay. actually the second one was our second home, which was now, you know, the whole house. And that one we bought because we had a son and suddenly oh, okay. the house we in was too small. And again, it was equally as quick, but we did view a couple in that in that instance. But okay. it was the same kind of rhythm, you know, of saying, okay, we need a house, let's go find something. Okay. Yeah. So that that's kind of how I got into property. Um uh -huh. it was more on the personal, you know, side of things. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want me to continue or you want to pose a question on there. No, absolutely. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Actually, I do have a question. I oh, wanted to ask. So, um, you told us about the first property. When did? Yeah. What's the property that you bought that you because they served you wrong bacon? Was that property number two, three, or so? No, the first? that was property number four. So, oh, oh wow. Okay, um, okay anyway, so we'll get so, to that. So that was property number one, and then property number two we bought because we needed to, the the family had grown. Like I said, my north yeah. star, uh, my kids and my family, we got to be comfortable. We got to be, you know, that needs to be taken care of. So it's not necessary for me to be honest. It was not, you know, starting a property business. And then I think around two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, mm -hmm. um, we then bought off plan. You know, there was like the development of the uh, um, selling of plan of uh, units that you can buy and then uh, yeah. rent out and blah blah blah. Mm. So there was a couple of and I don't want to be mentioning company names. Yeah, don't. It, yeah, because <laughs> some things went sour down the line. But of anyway, um, so we had two kids and then we decided to buy two units uh, in the name and honor of our uh, of our children with the idea that what we want to give as an inheritance and a living legacy in this case, a living inheritance is a child must get a unit, must get a car and must get a degree. Then we're done. Oh, nice. So mm. that was the principle, the guiding principle for us, which is why then we bought the two, um, the two units. Okay. And okay, then so now, property number two was two units. Sorry. No, no. Property number two was the home. Property number three was the two units. Yes. Okay. So that was property three and four. Yeah. And then um, on a random day, my mom moved to KZN. I'm based in Joburg. 
Yeah. And my mom moved to, to KZN, but just a little anecdote about my life. We've yeah. never really had like personal space at home and it wasn't an issue. We just grew up. There was always people, always visitors. I mean, we would find ourselves, my brother and I, at some point sitting literally in the corridor. I'm like, okay, where are we going to sleep tonight? And that's the kind of life that we had. And okay. it was normal. Yeah, it was normal. So we always had this huge community around us. So we visited my mom and we needed to sleep at an at a at a B and B. And this B and B when we woke up the next day, they served that they served us cremated bacon. And cremated. My, husband was like, <laughs> my husband was like, um we're not going to have cremated bacon. He was supposed to uh, drive back to Joburg and I was going to stay for about a week. I was on leave. And right. was like, yeah. okay, so please go find us a property so that we can make our bacon when we come in this area. <laughs> and that's how we bought our fifth property. <laughs> so that's how. So it, it's been, it, sounds, it sounds a little bit impulsive, but I yeah. because of the two personalities that we were, we balanced each other. He did like a lot of, number crunching and kind of okay and we would work with it and because i'm an accountant so it it it, it kind of is easier to kind of know where we are financially and what move we can and cannot make so i don't want to be here selling responsibility (laughs) okay all right that's (laughs) (laughs) but that is such a nice that is such a nice story we bought our own property (laughs) because no ways I remember, yeah, I remember being uh, in Lesotho, they served us toast. And when I asked, I'm like, no, can't you bake this toast now? They're like, no, 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 no. We toast all the bread at 5 a.m. And we get to breakfast at 7.30. Can what? you imagine? No. Like, oh, in Lesotho, the toast is hard oh, and cold. Oh, yeah. it, I could injure someone with that toast, guys. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it does sound dangerous. <laughs> I mean, if I throw it across the room, I I swear to God, it could cause major, major trauma. Oh my God, Cindy, that is so funny. So the for for you, that was an emotional, but it did have some financial processing a bit. Uh, that, oh yes, that property it did. number five. Mm. It did. I mean, mm. um, in the latter scheme of things, like I said, we've always been in this home where there was just always, um, you know, people and visitors and guests and what have you. So that property subsequently uh, served as a guest home. So my mom yeah. had her own place and the property that we bought because we were not in that uh, area. Then it served as a guest home. It was actually okay. a 16 sleeper. It was like a huge, it wasn't like a small property. It was a 16 sleeper. Oh and my gosh. So, so she used it for all these people that, you know, would visit and uh, yeah. So it was a, a guest home in that sense. But let me ask this. She used she would use it for all the people who are coming out of Johannesburg and all the other provinces. Yeah. But at a profit or not, it was like family just sleeping over, but sleeping over at second house, or was it was did she collect any premium for it? Um, it wasn't at a profit, but she did collect some, so it wasn't really free. It was it was something like hundred rands per night to sleep, something like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, that's my mom, and we're not gonna talk about her. No, we, we won't. To talk about the property. Oh <laughs> we I can see so, that so, happening. So it, was, 
<laughs> no way. My mom charges what? 600 rand? Yeah. No, a thousand or something. Something ridiculous. A thousand rand a night for four for her four bedroom house. You saw the one that I yeah, renovated. Yeah. So yeah. That place is now hella expensive, Cindy. I don't even consider it anymore for my And thing. it's in the village. But but and they are the huge village. and they are properly made that. units. Uh, oh my god. And she gosh. makes money, hey? Like yeah, she charges that amount and she just keeps it moving. So I just excuse myself out of that. I'm like, I may not always be the target market. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I know this mm. really. So Cindy, let me ask then. So in all this buying for you, because it was it was thought out, it was a practical step by step. This is for the kids' legacy. Yeah. This is for our second home because now the there are prams and bicycles, then we must buy this home. Yeah. Do you ever remember having doubts, fears, challenges about, oh my God, we're going to sign the papers tomorrow. Oh my God, are they going to accept the offer to purchase? Do, do you remember yourself going through such an emotional thing? Because, you know, offer to purchase can be such a thing, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, truth is, no. Yeah. However, however, yeah. however because mm -hmm. I was doing that with a partner, it was easy for me to say, you will take care of the worrying part and mm. then we kind of carry on. Like, you know, in partnership, there's kind of that deal. Mm. So I would, and, and he, he was like very meticulous. He would okay. cross the T's, we've dotted the I's. So if he says sign here, um, I happily sign. So okay. it, but then the flip side of that is that I, as you possibly can deduce, um, was extremely dependent on this dude. So when okay. he wasn't there, it became a completely different ball game. I mean, even buying a car was like such a big deal for me. So yeah. that 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 is the flip side of it. And that has to do with my own personal growth. But I didn't really have the fear because it was kind of, oh, this is how we work. This is, but we, we, we do do the homework and we do do the right thing. Do you know how I like what you are saying? There's a couple that I follow called FI Couple, Financial Independent mm. Couple. Mm. And they deliberately, deliberately mentor financial uh, uh, couples that are looking for financial independence because mm. there's an absorption of emotions when one person knows how to crunch the numbers at least they are not challenged and yeah. the other person is the interior decor eyes or something like that because two people yeah. there's a there's that the, there is value to couple yeah. investing mm -hmm. i really really Absolutely. yeah and you've just brought it to my mind because i've followed <laughs> them for years this is probably the third year and they just keep up leveling there is this couple that man it is like mind blowing nice. two years two years to financial independence because the the one was a is an actual actuarial scientist the nice. other one is some high high-end paying job an it developer or something like that mm. and they decided to to only spend the one salary yeah 
And in two years, two years, financially independent, they were buying properties like this, guys. Mm. This is so incredible. And Cindy, I, I, I can, I can, I can totally see how, when, when the partner says sign here, you know, someone has done the due diligence because dealing with due diligence, and then deal analysis and then your own fear and doubt and the challenges of dealing with the agent. Those are many, many layers. And that's why we take mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's yes. Mm. So then. So yeah. So so Cindy. Yeah. Sorry. Did you want to say something before I ask? Yeah. I was just wrapping up that that was our fifth property. And then later um, we then decided to buy a piece of land where our intention was to build our ultimately retirement home. Um, And that was like kind of all the properties that we had. Okay. All right. Mm. Okay. Um, Okay. Let's just backtrack a bit because Mm -hmm. I love all these stories, but I'm sure our guests are very, very interested in, let's talk about what you did once you bought the second property. What did you do with the first one? Did you rent it out? And then when you bought, uh, did you guys move from the first property into the second property? And did you rent out the first property? So we couldn't at the time, we couldn't at the time, our finances could not allow us, we needed the deposit. So we sold the first property and moved to the second property. Okay, so so did you use the deposit for the second property? Yes, we used the proceeds uh, from the first property to put down as a deposit on the second property. Okay. Ah. Mm-hmm. But then the third and the fourth were those ones off plan where they say, yes. put, yes. put 5,000 5, here 000. and we all get excited. Yeah. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> Did I get my fingers burned? No. Oh, yeah. Please so tell us about is this? that. This is the mm. second property or the third property? No, the third so and fourth. And there were two. Uh, we, we bought twin properties because of our two kids. So it was so. In terms of buying, it was property number three and number four. But in terms of ownership, it was property number two and three because we had sold number one. Of course. Yes, of course. You with me there? Okay, so you sold the first property to buy the second property. Yes. And and then you're going to tell us about property number three and four, which were bought off the plan. Tell us about that process. So the process was seamless, very easy. You pay your 5,000 rands and you go smile for nine months. And then one day they say, oh, we start building. And then they start building and you trust them. And everything went honky-dory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, um, I was more focused on the business because we, we had an accounting practice and okay. we were working together. My, my uh, husband's um, profession was a banker. But then okay. he came and joined me in the business. So I was more focused on the business and he was looking at the property portfolio as it were, however small it was. Mm. But he was looking at those things, right? Mm-hmm. And after, I think, a couple of years of owning the one property, then there was damp issues that were hectic, mm-hmm. very bad. And mm-hmm. then there was, wow. oh my goodness, there were like so many scary things. But because I had been detached from this side of our business, when he passed on, I actually realized that I didn't even know how to get to the properties by myself. That's like how shocking and scary the thing was. Oh okay. my God. I had to like 
Google Maps navigate my way <laughs> to find where the property is. Yeah. Which, like so, so that just gives you an idea of how kind of detached I was from the whole thing process. Mm. And um, a couple of years in, one of the properties got hijacked by drug oh. dealers. I, what? One of I, his off-plan properties? It got hijacked. Oh. And there's very little that the law, I mean, there's very little that the law can help us with. I know. You had a guest, you had a guest in the show, in one of the ones that I listened to. I can't yeah. remember in Mama, somebody who waited for years. Machosphine, yes, it yes. took her two years, yeah. It, it took her two years just to get out of that quagmire of the mm. property being hijacked. That was just like horrific. That was horrific. And this happens while um, I think my daughter was in varsity at the time and I was trying to run this property business by myself and trying to kind of figure myself out and find my ways and what it means. So all the goodness of working as a couple when I suddenly had to run everything by myself, it was not rosy. It was not cute. Yeah. At all. Not cute at all. But I mean, it's, it's, it's my growth path as it were. Mm, mm. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it, it was not pleasant, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but let me, let's talk about this people who hijacked the building. Did you yeah. know that you are, well, where they, vetted and became tenants but there were tenants who just went rogue or the property was standing empty and someone moved into it how how did that come about so they were we used um a placement a placing agency yeah and this off-plan situation came through a developer who was attached to the same agency and so we kind of trusted the whole process right absolutely so they were vetted to that extent i'm left alone in the meeting mm -hmm. oh okay it said something about being a host sorry about that <laughs> um, so 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 they were vetted to that extent and uh, the guy actually lost his job and he started uh, and, and i mean we were aware of the communication they did communicate all of that but as time went on then he started battling to make payments and as time went on he somehow got involved with drugs and became a drug dealer i don't know the whole switch and how yeah. it moved from that to to the next level yeah. but in the end um, he was there with his girlfriend still, but they were just dealing drugs. I did the whole try and go legal, get a court order to try get them out, get evictions. But bottom line is that it was still a very expensive exercise and a very time conscious exercise yeah. um, to get to a point where I had the court order and I approached the sheriff and I served them and did all the days and da 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 da. But um, in the end, uh, because it was an unsafe situation, it became yeah. harder, even though with the court orders and everything, it became very difficult because it was an unsafe uh, situation. And the agency that helped me to place him, they washed their hands off. You know, when it comes to that, it became my problem. So I needed to run that. I needed to manage that and, and, and whatever. So that, that was a an unhappy part of this, you know, property. Mm. Mm. And that very stretched for about just over 18 months, hey? It was a very long time. I can believe it. Really, you. really stretched. 
I can believe you. How did it ultimately end though? How did you anti-hijack or how did you ultimately get them out? So I followed the legal route and okay. um, eventually they, they left. So, so I don't want to uh, digress as, but it was, it became like a spiritual situation that I just went and fixed that part of my life. Because again, like, like I said earlier, Mm. It was part of my it was part of my growth as well mm. because I had dependency issues that I needed to deal with. So deal I, with. I worked on myself and as I were as I do the work, you know, some things started easing and okay. um, yeah, and loosening. But okay. I don't want to um deviate us. I just want to focus on the hard and yeah. fast part of you know the, the 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 property. But eventually they left. Uh, and interesting enough, I think they left around in April of the one year in 2018 or something. Correct. And we only realized it was three months in that even the caretaker wasn't aware that they had gone. Like that's Ay, <laughs> but, after uh, all that travel. <laughs> it was just such a freak of a thing. I mean, really, you know. Oh my God, Cindy, you oh. kill me. You kill me. But I think that's such an important thing to bring on um, onto the podcast that um, property management can be such a challenge. One, number yeah. two, the, the 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 placement agents. For some reason, it looks like most placement agents don't even have an eviction procedure. They they yeah. can't even advise, which, is, which yeah. for me is so unsatisfactory, but uh-huh. there is an eviction uh, process that is yes. written or every yeah. agency is supposed to have. And the least they can do is to advise you, uh, even though it takes 50,000 years for them to get to it. Yep. 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 Yeah. yep. Yeah. It, it yeah. was. It wasn't unfortunate, but I mean, it was you know part of the the learnings and theory. The learning of, of the property. Mm, of the to property. Pay attention. But I, and and it was then from there that I decided that you know what, uh, property maybe is not for me. That was twenty eighteen. Oh, wow. I see. I promise you, twenty eighteen. Yeah. And then by twenty nineteen beginning, I sold everything I because the one that we had bought in KZN uh, which my mom used my mom yeah. uh, transitioned in 2013 and it had capacity to be converted to a student accommodation right but it needed my energy and manpower and time and you which sold. I did not have right yeah. I'm running yeah. a business I've got a daughter who's in KZN who needs me and whatever so I need to focus on the family so I had to make choices and okay. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to let things go. The house that we had bought became too big for just my son and I. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so then, then I started releasing things and the one that had damp issues, I'm like, you know what, I actually, and after going through the hijacking yeah. uh, experience, I picked up the pebbles that I needed to pick up from there. And I thought, okay, now I'm a wiser woman, flushed everything, took the money, put it in the stock market and chill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And that's such an important, that's an important pivot, right? You can look around and look around and probably in the stock market with some other, and because we are all not the same. 
Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another person will know how to turn. I mean, people who hedge, they hedge on 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 stocks and people. Absolutely. Yeah. And they then they make incredible money. And then someone in property will turn five hundred five hundred rands into five hundred thousand. So yeah, we 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 just different personalities. Absolutely important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so at that time, I needed to be very honest with. Um, with the time, the energy that I'm willing to invest in it Absolutely. and everything else that was going on. I mean, I had a, a job that was keeping me very busy at the time as well. I was traveling. It was just too many balls in the air. Uh, but one of the things that I did with uh, the, well, I did I did not let go of everything, obviously, because I've just given my, my daughter uh, over her property. But one of the gratifying things that I did after cleaning it and cleansing it, then I got a new tenant. And I put away the deposit. I think, no, I'm, I'm having my dates wrong because it was a 2016. I think it was still for the hijacker type tenant. Okay. Anyway, I put away the deposit, which was 4500 At the time. Into, yeah. yeah, at the time into Sage And I, uh, when my daughter moved into her property in September, August this year, yeah. I um, I had enough to do a whole kitchen uh, facelift, which cost about uh, 15000 oh, So that was awesome. fun. That was fun without even taking the capital. That's like how much it had grown. Whereas, yeah. so now this is the accountant's mind working. Whereas yeah. I bought the first property, the, the, the two properties that I bought for my, that we bought for my son and daughter, one was 515000 and mm-hmm. the one that had a mold problem, I sold it for 485 after oh, I know. So I bought it <sighs> in 2007, 2008 and sold it in 2018. So after about 10 years, I sold yeah. it a lot. So you can imagine. That is you. So, so that was Aina. And the value of this oh. one that my daughter, um, uh, my daughter's one, we bought at uh, 532,000. Yeah. And only now I can get about, if I was to sell it now, I can get about 500000 for it. Oh, my God. So, I can't no, I can't deal. Honestly. So I, really. this just, so I just wanted to know, why, why is that, Cindy? So that was because when we bought off plan, we yeah. were, I mean, we were young and really not knowledgeable to do the correct homework. You know, when you don't know what you mm-hmm. don't know. So yeah. you just yeah. get this opportunity and the numbers make sense. You do the, we did the deal structure and the deal uh, um, calculation mm-hmm. and projections. And the numbers made sense. However, this was 27, 2018. That's when yeah. the markets suffered, right? Of so course. the crash of the markets, the the you know the myth of property, you can't go, you can never go wrong with property. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, in 2018, when I, I I I released and disposed all of my property, I was saying I am the only person that I know that got property wrong because yeah. apparently you can't go wrong with property. That's yeah. like how, you know, yeah. kind of bad, you, how I felt at the time. But obviously yeah. I've, still, I've since, uh, since found some revival, so I feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I think I think also what, what, what you're bringing here is so, so important because when it, lo- it looks like the numbers are right, what is the numbers are right? The numbers mm-hmm. are 5,000 deposit, 
is okay. Yes. And um, and it's 500,000 only. And we're going to get a tenant who's going to pay us 4,000. You yes. need to be making money from day one. No losses, yeah. no, you know. And and that's the thing, the, the artificial thing that tells you that you're making money at buying. Yeah. And when you yeah. are not, when you are really not, because the developer and the marketer are sitting here and they're like, and the projections are, and in two years, this will be 600,000. And then the fourth year, yeah. you break even yeah. and blah, 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 yeah. blah. The, the, when we say the numbers are right, there are so mm -hmm. many numbers we are talking uh -huh. about. Yeah, that's so incredible. Exactly. Just like, exactly. I get so angry. So in this case, <laughs> just, just talking to your point, in this case, the numbers that were right were the cash flows. So the properties have always been cash positive. However, the asset numbers were not right. Oh, so yeah. the, the location and, and the development issue, I mean, if you have a damp issue where the, your property is going green, you know that yeah. they like, oh, oh my God. So there are some serious civil issues that will eat out of the value of the property or rather the asset part of the property part, without getting exactly so the numbers yeah. that were not correct are the asset numbers but the cash flow numbers worked we're right and mm. what about appreciation in that area what area is it cindy if i may ask so the one was uh, honey Jew, and the other one is a uh, raven's clip in in boxburg and um, oh. the appreciation in the area was minimal but I, th I think I think now looking at it and going back, it was overvalued at. Um, that's my thing. At purchase, that's what happened. That's very. That's exactly what happened. The, the properties were overvalued. Mm. Um, did mm. we check the neighboring? Yes, we did. But then there were just so many variables to can solidly say, okay, property of this much, you know, should be worth whatever. But be worth. We, could have, we could have done better in terms yeah, of. You probably should have bought it at the most 360,000. Exactly. That's exactly and by the time the developer sells you, he's taken every value out of that property and honeydew moves slowly it it yeah. is massive it's yeah. got all sorts of townhouses you're never going to yep. get any feather yep. with honeydew right and then yeah. they do those uh face brick just no taste there there's just no taste no appreciation ah god <laughs> I live in the area. I just, my even my daughter knows. She says, ooh, is that a brick I smell? Oh, my. Yes. I, that brick oh of honeydew is special. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, I feel you. <laughs> anyway, so so it was, what ate my venue was also the aesthetics. <laughs> <laughs> not only the asset, not only the aesthetic as well. It was the anyway. asset value. Yeah. Hi, guys. It's but terrible. Yeah, then, so, yeah. Yeah. So, Cindy, what did you also sell the land for retirement? Oh, yeah. So, that one was more, I mean, after my husband passed on and it was yeah. like in a complex where we would have had to build a big house. Already, I'm staying in another huge house. It's too big for me. You know, and my kids decide that they want to be nomads. Oh, empty nesting has kicked my behind, ladies. Empty nesting, <laughs> she's rough. She's very rough. She's very oh, rough. Wow. She's rough, empty nesting. 
So, Cindy, here's my you, my life. Here's my thing, though. I really want to ask the question now about a tribe, which for me is so, so, so important. So in all this that you are going through, now you are deciding, I'm going to sell the KZN, almost multi-led. I'm going to sell my house, which is too big. I'm going to sell this piece of land. I'm selling this, this unit that is too damp. In all this time, who are you talking to? Who, who, who are the people that you engaged in terms of property and, and, and property? Should I sell? Should I not? Uh, are you only talking to the agent? Are you only talking to conveyancer? Who, who was there? Who was there? Um, so I'm, I'm blessed in that I've got a couple of friends that are also in property business. So okay. property conversations for us are, you know, norm and okay. everyday. And the way that I look at my life, I look at it in kind of three levels. I want to, time is very important. So where am I spending my life? Uh, What am I investing on? How much time do I have? Uh, What is important? So my value hierarchy is very, very clear. Family comes first, community comes first. So if I'm doing a business that is stealing me away from that, there better be a bigger benefit for me okay. to stay in that mm-hmm. business. And that's kind of how I make, you know, um, uh, my, my decisions. And obviously my business is the second one, which is the second uh, uh, value. And okay. then the th- property falls in the number three, which is mm. what am I accumulating on earth and why do I need to accumulate it? But mm. once it starts costing me life, in other words, costing me I my did. number one, I then uh, <laughs> we need to have a fresh conversation. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. how I make yeah. my decisions, and and okay. yes, I've I've got communities. All you know, I've got plenty of people that um you know that that I converse with in terms of travel. Okay. okay. So okay. you you were talking to other property investors. That's that's who the tribe was yes. around you. Okay. Yes. 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 All right. Yes. All right. Would you then, having gone through all of what you're going through and knowing our podcast and how passionate we are about property investing, at this point, would it be something that you would consider physical property or you are safer in buying the REITs in the stock market and whatever global properties? Um, well, I hope you're not meaning, uh, would I advise? You're meaning, what would no, I No, 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 yourself, yourself. This is, so yeah, because, yourself. because I know myself and I know my interests and I know where I'm invested in, property, hardcore property is not priority for me right now. Even though with the what? property that I have, yep. I am trying yep. out Airbnb just to get a feel of it because I, I really like and enjoy yeah. the nomadic life. I mean, uh, I do very interesting things. You know, when when my daughter, just a little anecdote, okay. when my daughter was in the U.S. and Maine had uh, yeah. been very rough on her, you know, Maine is nice to say, yeah. oh, and I have white Christmas and what have you. And she goes yes. there and gets nostalgic like crazy and doesn't know what to do with herself. Yeah. It was so sad and so, so much in a funk. It was pleasant for me to just up and go and have Christmas with my daughter because I can't do that. And that's the kind of life that I want. So what will give me that flexibility where I decide that, okay, this year, Christmas, like that year, Christmas was in Boston, um, you know, in the U.S. So this is where Christmas is this year. So everybody, you know, gets on plane and go. 
So do I really want to worry about rates as well while I'm more concerned about which turkey I'm having? So it's more important for me to decide where I'm buying my turkey from than, uh, than about the rates of the property. Totally. So that's where I am. Totally. Mm -hmm. I like the, I, I like the clarity and I keep telling everyone that know your poison. Hey, know your, yep. your poison. Yep. There are so many yep. strategies in, in property investment that and if you don't choose property, just don't choose it. Right. Yes. Because I mean, what do I know about hedging? I know nothing about it. So don't go into it. You don't know if you don't know anything, if you are going to go in, be all in but choose a strategy. There are 15, 16 of them. You know, yeah. there's another way of investing in it without tenant rates and taxes and broken window or debt. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Anyway. Awesome. Awesome. Then okay. I don't know how about you. I think um, Cindy has given me a perspective of property investing that's so different and thank you for coming because that's exactly what we really want to share with our listeners that it's, it's probably not for everyone or the way to go about it is not for everyone and there are other strategies to <laughs> adopt. Agreed. No, I really appreciate this perspective, Cindy. This is great. Yes, Thank it you is. So much. It, is. Um, it is. Cindy, let me ask though, sorry, if if no, I may, you don't have to answer it if you don't feel like. In your in your portfolio of stocks, is there yeah. any one stock that is in property, whether global property or South African or US, you is there is there a stock in there that is property? Oh yes, 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 I do. Oh yeah. Have that. yeah. Why yeah. did you no, pick no, no. it? I, I, look, no, I do not have a resentment on property. I just yeah. do not have the time yeah. to work on it physically. Yeah. That's all. So yeah. I, I have absolutely nothing, and it's still like very good uh, investment uh, portfolio. You know, it, yeah. it's doing well. Look, mm -hmm. there are others that are doing better. That's fine. But that's yeah. not even the point. So I have absolutely nothing against property. I just do not have the time to manage. That's that's yeah. that's important. And speaking yeah. of the stock in property, um, because some people don't even know what we're talking about, about REITs or whatever, are you able to share the name of the stock and, and why you picked that one, that particular one on property? So again, because I'm a time-driven type investor, I use Citrix yeah. more than I use individual stocks because I do not Thank have time to yes. study. So that's yeah. an index index funds. Yeah, it's an index mm -hmm. fund. So uh, I use that more yeah. than I use individual. You know, I did in my earlier years. You know, go for individual, but then again, the kind of time that I have and to follow it. And I just want to be able to put my money, let it lie there for a couple of years and go check what Absolutely. has happened. Mm, I love that. Wow. I mean, that's... I like that. I, 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 I mean, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then I'm, yeah, just I'm totally satisfied with, with... I'm really full. I'm really thrilled. <laughs> Cindy, thank you so much for being so generous about your, about your journey. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. Uh, let's move on to the next segment of the show. On to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts. 
where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Welcome to Magical Feedback. (laughs) I'm going to have Misa start us off as usual. Okay, then. So many lessons. I have no idea where to start. Okay, let me start with this one that I absolutely love. Remember how um, Cindy shares that they ended up buying property one, then sold it, property two, and then bought three and four together, and then five and six, right? And they were doing all of this in the presence of her husband. Mm. And when she found herself um, widowed, it became a totally different thing. She she wasn't even aware that she's doing uh, real estate investing. They hadn't focused on it in that way. But mm-hmm. here's the powerful thing that she shared about being in a focused couple. Hatna coupling, where both of them were looking out for, now we are building a family. Now a family is growing. Now we are buying a bigger house. Oh, now there are two children. Now we buy two apartments, one for each child legacy Mm. that we want to give our kids right and for me the power of partner investing is not lost you know yes Mm. her husband took care of things he knew how to do deal analysis he took off the edge of doubt and fear because what i find in the prop dogma mentorship um uh, is that then most of it has got very little to do with money In most instances, sure, money is a factor, but the biggest thing is the challenge of deciding, is this the right suburb? Oh my God, the offer to purchase causes its own anxiety. Applying for mortgage at the bank causes its anxiety. And remember how Cindy just shared that, you know, I don't remember myself going through all that emotional turmoil. I find that in investing most of it, the edge of, the emotional edge when somebody else is taking care of it, you know, where where a couple shares values, it's it's a powerful, powerful way of 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 determining how when you're going to get financially free and financially independent. I really like I like that, and I I envy couples who have got things some something to look out for. She's an accountant; she can count numbers, but all the other worries of how to turn it, what property management, you know, it was taken care of by her husband. It became a totally different thing when he passed, of course. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Oh, so such a good uh, feedback, Nizo. Mm. And just to, um, mm-hmm. just to piggyback on that feedback, one mm-hmm. of the things that, uh, that Cindy shared was how she is very, like how she makes decisions very, quickly, right, based yeah, on yeah. her guidance and how fast they got the first property. But one of the things that she said was that they always ran the numbers, you know? Yeah. So that's one of the things. So that's one of the major feedbacks. Like, I think for me, it's that in property, yes, we want to use our gut, but it's also um, it's also an, an industry should we say who like the numbers matter and you still have to run the numbers in some way so that was really really a great feedback to say it's great so important 
Yeah. You're still using your gut, but back it up with something. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah, such a good, such a good feedback. I really like that. And then um my yeah, my peeve, my peeve, my peeve about off-plan buying, right? <laughs> <laughs> my off-plan buying please if you're listening to this go and listen to the podcast again so here's cindy and her husband both accountants they did run the numbers and it made economic sense on the day because the cash flow was going to be there but what they hadn't counted on was, is it a suburb that's going to appreciate? What are the prices? Did they compare mm -hmm. the prices? So in terms of assets, of, of, of buying the asset, they actually bought in an overpriced. Sure. Um, yeah, in an overpriced complex. Yeah, there was no deposit to pay, right? They paid 5000 there was no transfer fees to pay, but here they are. They bought an apartment for five hundred and fifteen thousand, sold it ten years ten years later, and she sold it for four hundred and eighty-five thousand at a loss. So, what did that property do? No appreciation. You need to understand that it will happen if you buy, and you did not look around further. And these off-plan buying sometimes are not as cheap as you think you know maybe those apartments were valued at about 300 at most 390,000 rather than 500 the developer had taken all the value away if you wanted to keep it and you're going to make money you would have to wait for 25 years and that's not that's not your best way of that's not your best way of um of investing property number two the one full of damp was bought at five hundred and thirty two thousand it was sold for five hundred thousand yeah. loss so yeah. when we say property investment works not all the time yeah you need to look at other things and if you do not know how to look for other things you read some more you get a mentor ask the questions yeah. if you can't rather passively invest and let and let your money work somewhere else before you property invest because you will cry tears so yeah so what i'm hearing Mizo, is that it's not just enough to run the numbers it's like we've heard from several people on here like you want to yeah. bring your quantity surveyors you want to do a home inspection you want to make sure that you know exactly what exactly you're what you're doing and there are things called suburb suburb studies you know um lebo grass in our episode 98 is it no, episode number eight 96 97 97 you're right at episode 97 she spoke about reading about local government mm. electronic magazines on the on the local government that you can go and read what's going on in that suburb. She bought in honey, this 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 lady, uh, Cindy, bought in Honeydew, and she didn't know what was happening in Honeydew. And I can tell you, it would probably be two pages only when you go yeah. on that and you would see what the prices are, what it is doing. There's another organization called SAPOA, South African Property Owners Association.org. You go and read your suburb report. I'm not even asking you to read about the whole South Africa. 
suburb report, go and punch in, mm. buying in Heldergreen or Constantia. You put it in there and you can read. In Constantia, what's coming up, what school is going to be built, prices generally, and they, they actually break it up into granular form, hey, into what apartments are going for, what the rental is going for, what the outlook is for next year in 2022. It does that. So it is so incredibly important and the off-plan buying irritates me because no one actually tells you. And the agent that's selling, honestly, doesn't know. He's, they, most of them are not property investors. They tell you mm. about how awesome it is. You're not going to pay any transfer fees and it's only 5000 and you just sit there and wait. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Off-plan buying. Mm, off-plan yeah. buying is such a fallacy when you don't know what you're buying. It is such a fallacy. Please, if you can, before you do off-plan buying, your agent is not your best. The developer is going to make loads and loads of money and they're not going to tell you their secret. You do your yeah. own study. Wow, that is so, so powerful. Because yeah. of course, all the lack of fees and this and this that you don't pay that gets people excited. But it's all the other things that they don't tell you. So yeah. my second takeaway is also yeah. just how Cindy was like, Cindy and her husband were like, it's okay. We don't want our kids to start on a back footing. Oh, right? yeah. We talk a lot of things on this part. Well, not a lot. <laughs> not, at least not as much as I talk about black tax in general in the money. Yeah. Yeah. The podcasts or in life <laughs> with the work I do. But it's a whole idea that when our kids graduate, right, is that kids still need to get cars, they still need to get houses, they still need to get all the stuff. So your first salary is already starting on basics. There are things that you cannot not have in life. Housing mm -hmm. is one of them. And I would even argue a car is one of them. Especially in South Africa, like you can't even, you, it's not a debate. We do not have a public public transport system that works right exactly. and our kids are not safe to walk right when you graduate all your colleagues are staying at work until 8 p.m or whatever when I, at 5 p.m you have to rush for taxis this is why we start arguing that no a car becomes a necessity in this country mm. because mm. like if all your other co-workers are staying till 7 p.m it gives us even 6 p.m it gives the misconception that you are not as serious about your work as your other colleagues. But the truth mm -hmm. is, that's not true. It's that you just don't transport as an issue. So anyway, Cindy and her husband decided we are going to help our children as much as possible. They're like two things, like at least one major thing must be sorted. I'm sure cars also, but the house must be sorted so that you start life on mm -hmm. not just at zero, which is where I think most of us has been thinking that at least let our kids not start with student loans or even negative, whatever. They like, no, let's start them at plus one or plus two, yes. you know, so that your first salary, now when you get to your first salary check, when you get your first salary, the conversation that you're having is one of where am I going to buy my next property? Exactly. My property how do i make the salary make money for me so i think this is so so powerful and i think it gives us all something to think about if especially if you think about 
Well, if you take out a home loan for 20 years and someone is going to be living in that home, after 20 years, when your child is born at 21, you gift your child a house that is mm-hmm. their own that they can either live in or rent out. It's mm-hmm. so powerful. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think, shame, brown people, we really need to think, rethink about how the type of legacies we want to leave. People who still have mothers who want their kids to work for them, or you think it's too Uh odd. No, I'm not going to give him his first car. He needs to work for it. Like, guys. I hear hear people talk about that. (sighs) So he needs to work for it. Do you understand that your child's colleagues have cars and Mm -hmm. they have parents, some of them have cars, uh, parents who bought them cars and some of them have colleagues, have parents who are helping with rent. And I just think, I know what that's like to start from negative where you have your student loans, then you have the car that you still need to go buy. You still have to go uh, figure out rent and your entire paycheck is done by then, you know? groceries everything and with the way that paychecks are now yeah do you think that like they'll be better when children are 20 when a child is born today that in another 20 years their uh, salaries would have increased to meet the inflation in for the inflation um, at the time i have two friends who got married and i i laughed at their speeches at their wedding then just off topic they both of them said something about one was apologizing to her parents during mm-hmm. the thank you speech as a bride that because sure. the expectation for us is we graduate and we need to come and work for our parents and plow back. I, I don't know if it's it's great. It's great as a as a, as an Ubuntu exercise to to give back and and everything. But the expectation that now I must come back and mm. create. And the other one was talking about being a deputy parent and you know how grateful she is to her parents to have given her the opportunity. She was able able to be deputy. And she brought up her siblings. I don't know if children are supposed to be. No. parenting their siblings when their parents are alive i i i don't i don't i have no idea i'm yeah our deep inner child wounds are coming from this because then you have no, an inner child I can't. Yeah. at some point yeah so i really think that the legacy point that cindy made is such an incredible mm. important thing that our parenting is all mixed up we, we can't do reverse parenting. Children are supposed to be children. And if we are give, leaving a legacy, leave a legacy and you know, do something important. That's such an important thing to raise, uh, Ben. And I, I really like that. The last one, not because it's the last one. <sighs> Did you hear that, Cindy, in her portfolio, in her share portfolio? She went back to a strategy that she understands a strategy that works for the personality that she has. And she's had trauma of a rogue tenant and (laughs) drug dealing tenant. So she went back to what she knows. But in her share portfolio, because properties like that, you can, you can, you can invest in property. 
via a share index, right? Mm -hmm. And when you look at at, at Satrix, there is prop tax or there are lots and lots of index funds. You can be buying a group of um, commercial properties in South Africa or global properties, and you just need to ask the right questions and the right people so that you buy the, the correct index fund. So when we say there are 15 ways of investing in property, we mean exactly that. Properties are probably not doing so great right now, but it's not gonna stay that way because everything has got a cycle. So you can buy a property index fund into into a property index fund and still be investing in property. Yeah, know your poison. She knows her poison. She bought out of property. She knows her poison. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love this. Um, so the other thing that I got was Cindy kept saying that she's an empty nester, right? And that she wants to be able to go traveling. Travel. She doesn't have the time and the energy. So this is my third takeaway, that she doesn't have the time, the energy, etc., to deal with things. And it kind of reminded me of a conversation I had with you. A few weeks ago. I know. <laughs> We've been I having it continuously for a month now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I cannot. Like, I hear what people are saying, but can I just pack up and leave country? I know. Like, there has to be a better way for me to do this property investing thing because I just don't want to talk about tenants. I don't want to worry about levies. I just don't want I don't, I just don't want to. So mm. I understood that so fully. I was really silent as I was listening to her because I understood that because it's something that I've been debating with for. That's important. And, and then like, you've had to listen to this where I'm like, no, <laughs> this is just not working for me. But just that realization, I think is yeah. so powerful. Uh, who am I at my core as a person? And does this way of investing and making money work for me? And if it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm going to try something else. So I'm still doing property, but we will talk about this more in episode 101. (laughs) What has come out of this entire confusion for me where I was just saying, I cannot do it. (laughs) There has to be another way. Right. Yeah. there are so many ways to create extra streams of income or passive income. And Cindy was just honest enough with herself to say, this is just not my way. And honestly, yeah. I don't have time. And yeah. nor do I want to put in the time. There is nothing wrong with that. And she is still an investor mm. and still making money. Mm. Because so, some people come to property. Yeah, some people come to property investing with a lot of formal everybody seems to be doing it what is everybody seems to be doing it guys this is not vanilla ice cream it's not for everyone so don't do it if it's not your thing i mean i know i can't deal with concrete and contractors and then plumber and then electrician i have no patience to be project managing right so let another person do that and place your money where where you know it's going to require the least contact with concrete because me yeah. uh me and cement guys in builders warehouse shame Mm-mm. no thanks 
<laughs> but I love that. I love that understanding of self. It is the yeah. key to everything. Absolutely. Oh, this was absolutely fantastic. It was a fantastic I, episode. Let's move on to the next segment of the show. Let's do that. Now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Okay, so guys, welcome to Magical Expansion. I didn't even finish my countdown before we started recording. (laughs) I'm like, what just happened? So I'm going to have Misa start us off on her favorite question. Okay. All right, Jenny to Magical Expansion. Cindy, we just want to get to know you a little bit more. What book changed your life? It can be a business book, it can be a property book, it can be anything. Please share with us what what book changed your life. It can be Um, one, it can be two, we don't mind. Look, there there are plenty, but there's one that is central and that is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I think I picked it up around 2004, 2005, and I just could not shut up about it. I think I went through the thing like in a couple of days, and I could not shut up about it. And I learned from my aunt that it was actually my grandfather's, my maternal grandfather's favorite book. So it is like that for me. Yeah, wow. it's the one world builder in my life. So it was just like amazing. It just like touched at so many levels from there. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Um, Cindy, what keeps you inspired? Uh, being of value, being of service. If I know that I can serve, that like really is my reason for waking up in the morning. So whether I'm serving as a mother, I'm serving as a friend, I'm serving as a sister, I'm serving to the community, that is what like really, really gets my juices flowing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And what do you wish you had known before, before being the Cindy that you are now, what wish, what do you wish you had known, say, before um, before your husband passed about property that 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 would have made your journey much easier? Sure. So I'm a I'm a bit of a, a weird one in that yeah. I do not have anything that I wish I would have known better. One of my mantras is yeah. that I know things. And, and that's how I live my life. And I, I love that about myself. Mm. So whatever I know at the time is what I know at the time is, and is what I need to know at the time. And yeah. things can go, I mean, I've had nasty experiences, but mm-hmm. it's all part of the process. So I'm able to embrace the process for what it is. Mm-hmm. And what I'm grateful to know is that I can always hop on a cushion and center and then be able to just be at ease. And that's how I deal with life. So it's a a bit of a, I I, I honestly do not have anything that I say I wish I could have known, you know. That's great. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. You look back and you're like, even that, even that hard time. Even that, even that. I mean, it gives me, some of them give me some like 
really interesting anecdotes. Some some really really tough. If you've got a, a half a minute to to uh, to indulge me, um, yeah. Some of the experiences I had after my husband passed on. The one time I come back yeah. home and there's water dripping from the house and flowing out. Yeah. And I go and fill the water. It is hot. And I stand there because I do not know if I need to call an electrician or a plumber. It's like how bad. <laughs> 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 I needed to know. <laughs> so I take oh my that <laughs> So I take that moment to my prayer room and I have a beautiful crying session. I sob my heart out. And yeah. Then it Damn it. This one had to die now. Out of my house. What do we need to call? Do we call a plumber or an electrician? Ooh. Oh my God. Uh, no, this is special. And I enjoy that. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 awesome. I know it's awesome in <laughs> retrospect. That is so funny. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I mean the way that I read life, I'm thinking I possibly needed to cry, and I just needed like a good reason. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, um. Cindy, what do you think you still need to learn in investments or wealth creation? What do I think I still need to learn? Yeah. yeah. Oh, plenty. Um, so the, the biggest thing that I'm on at the moment is integrated perspective. So when okay. I say integrated is not having silos and saying this is my wealth creation part of my life. And this mm. is my mothering part of my life. And this is my mm. running a business part of my life. Okay. So I'm working with what does integrated outlook looks like. And that is okay. the thing that expands me the most at the moment, you know. Okay. Um, and then I found myself reading books that seem to be polar opposites, but mm. it actually stretches me to integrate even more. So that's what I think I still am, I'm still hungry for. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just that's interesting, hey? Interesting. So, Cindy, my last one, my very last one, my favorite, my other favorite. <laughs> what is the one um, resource? Let's say a wealth creation resource. Do you want to share with them, um, with our listeners? It can be a book, a podcast, or a YouTube video. What, what, what wealth creation resource do you want to share with us? No, sure, that's a that's a tough one, eh? I consume a lot of information. Ooh. I know. Just just no. pull out the one that has made you go wow in the past four weeks. Oh wow! Okay, so <laughs> in the <laughs> what's been happening in my life in the past four weeks? Do I even know? Anyway. Um, so in the past four weeks, I'm, I'm reading about sovereign individual. I'm reading sovereign individual at the moment. Okay, which what's is, that? Um, it's a book. It's a book. Um, it's, a, it's based on, it's a four IR uh, analogy, but just talking about how technology is interacting with the people and how technology is becoming the lead in how we're doing things and what have you. Okay. But all in the con in the concept of future of work, right? Okay. But for the for the purposes of what you're talking about, um, mm -hmm. just specific is mm -hmm. I 
I would recommend anything that is self-development aligned. And self-development does not necessarily mean only business books. Yeah. And it doesn't mean only spiritual books. Spiritual and we books, tend to yeah. be, you know, we, we tend to be kind of married to being in a box, even though we're like, oh, I don't want to be boxed. But we tend to say, oh, I'm a spiritual person, so I'm going to focus on the spiritual. Yeah, I don't read you what, know, there's what. so much spirituality that you can pick up from a business book if Lots. you want to line that Lots. way. Love. So my my honest advice is that if one just opens to trusting the process, trusting mm-hmm. their inner being, there's a yeah. lot that one would be guided as to what you need at the point in time. Thank it's you. a long-winded way of getting to what you're asking. <laughs> it is, it is, but we could, we could. <sighs> so Ben. Uh, Cindy, I just wanted to add the last question is, what was your intention with coming on the show and how can people get hold of you? So you can say anything, whatever your intention is. I want to connect with more people. I want to do ADCD, anything. I want to get business for COSEC. You never know who's listening. Let's please. Um. So my intention for coming to the show is, again, central to my value of serving, was to share my story and my perspective of um, property portfolio that is kind of different from the traditional sense. And also share my wounds. And my hope with that is that it saves somebody some school fees. Not to say run away, but to say get more information and yeah. be more informed. So that yeah. was my um, my intention. And then in the latter yeah. things and in the spirit of serving, what COSEC does is work that is related to legacy building. And legacy is more of a personal thing because we all have legacies. So even if you're mm-hmm. a bum, you have a legacy because the legacy is actually neutral. And uh, as opposed to how do we look at inheritance? So when I work consciously at something, what is it exactly that I'm building? Am I creating an inheritance and why am I doing it? And then am I creating a legacy? How do I influence? I mean, legacy is like a personality, right? You know, yeah. how, uh, uh, other people perceive you. That that's living legacy is pretty much like that. So what is it that I would like as my legacy? And my legacy, Mina, honestly, is to... Uh, to share information, to serve, to teach, and to educate. And that is the core of what COSEC does. And mm. that is COSEC8.co.za, which you are welcome to check out. We will. <laughs> on any uh, social media and on our website. Okay. Right. So is that how people get hold of attention? Yes, that's how you get hold of me. On social media, I'm just Cindy DBT. DBT is D-I-B-E-T-E, Cindy DBT. I'm on Facebook. I'm too scared of Twitter. So Twitter, I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have the heart. <laughs> but I know I need to kind of venture into there, still working myself towards that. And um, I'm on Insta, though it's very light and personal. I'm busy setting up the uh, Cossack shops uh, for Insta and with time it will be there. But Cossack is just Cossack, H-C-O-S-E-C-H. If you Google that, you'll find our website with all the links. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. 
Thank you so much, Cindy, for coming on the podcast. And thank you so much, Property Magicians, for being on this episode with us. Thank you so much, Mizo. We'll see you guys next week. Inshallah. Cindy, thank you so much for being generous with your alternate story to property investing. Very, very important perspective. And this is why we do what we do on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Choose your poison thank well. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think I'll borrow it from time to time. Yeah. When yeah. I <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at Miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at Miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.